Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Um, what I wanted to talk about was this new discovery that I made last week on how millionaires, multimillionaires, and billionaires plan their week 
and prioritize um, their highest value tasks. Would anyone be interested in learning this discovery? Can I get an unmute and a yes, if yes? Yes. 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 If yes. yes. Okay, it looks like about 10 of you are interested. How, is anyone else interested? Yes. 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 Of course, of course. Yes. Yeah, man, yeah, man. Real. Let's do it. All right, so guys, yeah, this, this is going to be like masterclass level stuff uh, as I as I kick this off. So make sure I'm, I'm telling you that this is a this is something you probably want to somehow download into your mind and, and start practicing because it will have a dramatic impact on the results that you produce um, and it'll be pretty immediate. So, um, you know, one of the hardest things for when you're, when you're looking to grow your business or your life, one of the hardest things is to stay focused on your own personal priorities, right? Because as, as you expand your capacity in business, as you expand your family, I mean, a lot of you who have kids know this, right? Um, like as you expand anything, more, um, things from the universe pull at you, right. And challenge you. And sometimes if we don't have an arsenal of productivity based habits, sometimes they can pull us off track. Can I get a yes? If everyone's on the same page with me, that the more you get, the more distraction capability there can be. Can I get an unmute and a yes? Yes, sir. Yes. Two? Two of you? Yes. 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 Okay. So, so here's the thing. Like we signed up for growth, right? If you're in this room right now, if you're investing in yourself, you signed up for growth, right? You signed up to for a life of every month being better than the last month. True or false? Yes. Yes. Okay. Absolutely true. So if that is true, if you sign up for each month being better than the last month, then we have to learn how to recenter ourselves rapidly um, so that we don't get caught off track as our new responsibilities, as our new future, as the new us um, gets challenged with, with distractions and, and with quote unquote opportunity disguised as distractions. So what, what beats time management always 10 times out of 10 is what who wants to take a guess what always beats time management implementation it begins with a p planning organization great great guesses there i appreciate all the input anyone else persistence is a p word okay productivity Process. planning okay Punctuality. Okay. Preparation. Clumping. Mm. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Procrastination. Okay. All amazing Perspective. guesses. Perspective. I love it. Um, let me give you the the Peter Drucker answer. Uh, the author of um, managing oneself and just man like one of the OG management theorists. Priority management always beats time management. Right. Priority management 10 times out of 10 always beats time management. So managing time indicates that time is manageable. But time is the same for everyone. Right. We all know this. So it actually comes more down to how you align 
with your priorities than it does how you align with every individual minute of your day. Because some of the highest priority items could take one minute to do. Like, for example, decisions. Right? A decision, like, for example, last week I decided to part ways with someone who was very high up in my company. That took one minute to make the decision. Now, here's the thing. It took me three to four months to muster up the strength and make sense of that decision. But it took one minute to make the decision. Right? And we all can look at areas of our life where we steered the ship. Where we made a stip, uh, 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 ship steering call in our life to take things up a notch to that next level right? We all can think of moments like that. And that comes from being clear on your priorities and then letting your time fill in an already clear alignment with your priorities. So I'm here to tell you, you don't have to manage time like a micromaniac if you're crystal clear in your priorities. So I'm going to share with you this new process that will get you any result that you want in life or business that's taken me 10 years of personal development to, to finally create my own prioritization tool for how do you actually implement priority management? So I'm going to ask you one more time before I share the tool, do I have your attention and do you want to learn this tool? Yes. 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 Bill. Yes. All right. Let's go right in then. Everyone wants to feel productive. Productivity is not about working hard. Productivity is about completing high-value tasks, otherwise known as the right priorities, and removing the low-value tasks, i.e. stuff. So anything that's low-value in your life, I want you to start referring to it as stuff. Everyone unmute and say stuff. Stuff. And by the way, for those of you not on stage, okay, those of you who aren't on stage right now, when I ask for your participation, if you want to retain 85% of what I teach today, then repeat out loud when everyone else is repeating out loud. When you say it out loud, you retain it 85% more than just passively listening. Okay? So, your productivity comes down to how you spend your time each day. But in order to have highly productive days, you first must learn and practice the art of creating a clearly prioritized week. So if we really look at time management, quote unquote, or productivity, we all can agree that if you have productive days, that you'll have a productive week. If you have a productive week, then you will have a productive month and then it'll, it'll spiral upward, right? There's a famous saying that if you can get three high value tasks done per day, right? If you can get three high value tasks done per day, your entire business will transform. That's it. Three high-value tasks, regardless of how long they take. Three high-value tasks done per day, your entire life will transform in one year. <laughs> right? So, here's the interesting thing. We feel the best, not when we work the hardest. So, for example, we could. how many of you have had days where you felt like you just, you worked hard, but maybe you worked on, you spent too much time in email or you spent too much time 
on, you know, a call with someone that went too long and didn't have an intentional outcome tied to it, right? Or you spent too much time on stuff that didn't challenge you. How many of you can relate to any of those three scenarios? I'll mute, say yes. Yes. Yeah. Right, so you may have worked all day, but you worked on some of the wrong things. So you end the day feeling like, ah, another one of those days, right? So I'm gonna share with you this, this process right now, now that I've set the stage for it. So the goal is to align what we do with what we want. Say it again. The actual goal of priority management is to align what we do, what we actually do, with what we actually want, the results that we actually want. That's what priority management is. When we look over our calendar at the end of a day or at the end of a week and we go, yes, I spent time, the things I did, aligned with the things I really want, okay? So the first habit that will transform your life in this regard in priority management is the art of what's called the debrief. Learning how to spend five minutes with yourself. Who did I say? With who? Yourself. Five minutes per week with yourself and just debrief for five minutes and ask yourself, hmm, where did I spend time? Where did I spend time? Where did I spend time that was valuable to me? that was not valuable to me. By the way, I want everyone to take a quick moment. Uh, like if you're, if you're on your computer or you have a chance to go on your computer or your phone, go to youtube.com or your YouTube app, type in SMB team, that's my company. I'm about to post an entire training video along with a downloadable tool for this on my YouTube channel. I just filmed the video yesterday uh, and it should be posting today. So everyone go to SMB team's YouTube channel SMB, small, medium business, SMB team, SMB team YouTube channel. Uh, and then go subscribe to our YouTube channel so that as soon as I post this video, you'll get the notification. It's a, it's a 16 minute video that you can watch at the beginning of every week. You can watch it on 2X speed if you want and then make it eight minutes. Um, and then you could literally have this video walk you through this exact process that I'm giving you right now. Um, so that's my gift to you. So just subscribe to SMB team on, on YouTube and then you'll get access to that video as soon as I post it later today. Along with the tool, which will be in the description of the video. Thank you, Bill. Um, I did that. What's that? Thank you, Bill. I did that. Absolutely. Appreciate that. And uh, thank you, Christina, for posting the uh, Relentless Lawyer three-day boot camp. I'll, I'll, mention that, uh, I'll mention that a little bit later. I appreciate that. Okay. So debrief, the art of the debrief. You're gonna ask yourself, where did you spend too much time? Where did you spend time on high value tasks? Where did you feel most dialed in throughout the week? And what threw you off last week, right? We all have things, they're called triggers in productivity, right? In, and even in anxiety, there's, there's these things called psychological triggers that unconsciously or consciously throw us off throughout the week and create this chain reaction 
of either negative emotion or negative actions, right? When you debrief, you're able to become aware of those triggers. I'll give you guys an example of a trigger for me. If I get like an unhappy email from someone, I tend to spend too much time responding to that email. So I've become aware through my debriefs of, okay, this, this, this could throw me off. By the way, when people prepare for the Olympics, like Olympic champions, they do the same process with themselves. They ask themselves, what could trip me up? What could trip? This is how they do negative visualization. What could trip me up when I get to the Olympic games? What could be something unexpected that could make me not win? So when you debrief, you're able to become aware of those triggers and then create a process around that trigger. So the new process that I have is I will not spend any longer than 15 minutes responding to that must be responded. So I put on a timer and then I send it no matter what at minute 15. I will not spend 16 minutes on it. If it's more than 16 minutes, I'll delegate to someone else. But that's for like long emails. Most of, I don't even open my email now because we have a process for that, but that's a whole other story. All right, so debrief. Set a time limit is number two. When you're going through your weekly prioritization process, don't drag this out, okay? It's gonna be harder in the beginning. So it's gonna take a little bit longer to do this in the beginning. And over time, as you get into a swing of it, it'll, it'll start reducing in time. All right, so step, step one, I'm gonna dive into right now. This is the actual first step of priority management. So before I explain the first step, let's explain what most people do. Most people, when they enter a week or they enter a day, they create a to-do list. How many of you are guilty of creating a to-do list? I know I am. Anyone? Me. More. I am. Yes. Okay. This is the most common prioritization, quote unquote, strategy that people use. Sit down, they go, what am I gonna do today? And then they write out a list of stuff that comes to their mind. This is where you get trapped, right there. Because how do you know that the list you just subjectively came up with has anything to do with where you're going as, as the full potential of you as a human being? What are you comparing this list against? How many of you already just had a light bulb moment? Unmute and say yes. Probably. Yes, sir. Think about how crazy that is. Right? When we, when we enter a day and just say, okay, whatever comes to my mind, I'm just going to do that. We didn't compare it against our full potential. We didn't compare it against where we're going. And most importantly, we didn't compare it against our major goals. So the first step to effective prioritization, the first step is very simple. You're gonna list your most important annual, quarterly, and monthly goals. Annual, quarterly, and monthly goals. Annual, quarterly, and monthly goals. Before you ever put something in your calendar, before you ever put something on a to-do list, you should be reattached to where you're going. What are the most important priorities?
what are your most important annual, quarterly, monthly goals? Step one, right? That includes personal goals. That, ingo- that includes professional goals, right? That could relate to health. That could relate to family. That could relate to business. That could relate to wealth, money. Okay. Step two, this is where it gets good. And when I interviewed Brian Tracy over the string of a few weeks, and he was at one of my big events, gosh, he he inspired so many people in my audience. He was like, he was like, gosh, if, if more people would just do this simple strategy, everyone would become multi-decamillionaires, but no one does it. And I was watching my, my interview with him, which is on my YouTube channel, actually. You type in Brian Tracy SMB team, you'll see my interview with him. Um, Brian Tracy goes, <laughs> he goes, <laughs> he goes, I can hit, I can chase people down the sidewalk with a lead pipe. And tell them, write down your goals, write down your goals, write down your goals. (laughs) And they won't do it, he says. He says, they'll go, well, I'll get to it when, and then they go watch TV. And I start dying laughing when I'm on stage interviewing him. And then he talked about this very simple method. Relates to trusting yourself, which I can get into a little bit later in the the conversation. But he said... You're just going to write down a list of what projects need to occur for this goal to come true and what tasks underneath each project, what task underneath each of those major projects to reach the big goal have to be done. <clears throat> now, why is this so special? Because we are in a self-help addicted society right now. We seek external answers for everything. And I'm guilty of it too. With, you know, the hundreds of thousands of dollars I spent on coaching, I'm guilty of this as well. I never feel like I have all the answers I need to make a gut call. Because we have so much access to mentors, to information, to Google, to articles, to books. How many of you feel that way? Because uh, I'm just, I just want to make sure I'm not the only one in here. Unmute and say yes. You also feel like you're constantly seeking information on stuff. Yes. Yes. There's too many distractions. Right? 100%. From writing my goals. Hey, listeners. If you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five Five Simple Steps to an Extraordinary Morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Yeah. Bill, Bill, Bill. What you got? Bro, when I was 20, I realized I knew everything. When I was 30, I realized I knew some things. Now that I'm in my 40s, bro, I realize I know nothing. Like zip, zero. Nada, constantly seeking. There's so much information I don't have, and it drives me crazy chasing it all the time. Mm. I love you getting vulnerable there, Glenn, because that's wisdom, right? You expand Fast track. knowing, you expand your knowledge of what you don't know, right? Here's my invitation for everyone, including Glenn. What if you just trusted your gut a little bit more? Just think about that. What if you just wrote out a goal 
and all the prior mentors you've learned for every YouTube video you ever watched, every book you've ever read, every conversation you've ever had, what if you just put trust in the fact that after you write out a goal and then you list out the two or three projects that need to be completed to make that goal come true, and then you start listing out, okay, this task would need to be done, this task would need to be done, this task would need to be done, this task would need to be done. So you list out the big goal, the projects that would make that goal true, and then the individual tasks. Is everyone here on the same page that you probably already know what you need to do? Like, I'll give you an example on this. Every, how, many of, how many of you want to write a, like a New York Times best-selling book? Anyone here? Yep, me. Hey, everyone wants to. In order to have a book, what do you need to do? What's one project that needs to be done for you to write a book? Outline. Outline. Okay, outline. Concept. What else? Ideate concepts. Okay. Story. Story, right? Write yeah. the book. Yeah, yeah, who said that? Uh, Mary Kim did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you said write the book? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you got to write the book. You got to write the book. I just had a call yesterday with the author of uh, Built to Sell, John Warillo. He was just interviewed on Valuetainment. I had a one-on-one call with him because I'm interviewing him next week on my show. And, uh, and I asked him, dude, how have you written such good like A-list books, like Built to Sell, Automatic Customer, is at the end of my one-on-one uh, uh, -on -one with him. He goes, you want to know the secret, Bill? He leans in. He goes, write 500 words a day for 90 days, and you'll have enough words for a major publisher. I was like, uh, wait, there's no other secret? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one more secret. Don't try to find your target demographic. Don't worry about any of that. Just write the book like you're writing to one close friend of yours. He's like, that's how I wrote Built to Sell. I was like, uh, is this a joke? And then at the end of the call, he goes, so uh, does that mean you're going to set a deadline? There's something that Glenn would do. All right. Glenn would put me on the spot and say, what's the deadline? And that's what John Warillo did to me yesterday. So I set a deadline for it. And, but the point, but the point that I wanted to bring up for everyone is most of us already know what needs to happen for the most important stuff in our life, especially getting in shape. Okay. Getting re-engaged with your key relationships. You don't need to read more books on this. We need to write out what has to happen, write out the individual tasks underneath, uh, underneath each of those major project level things that need to happen. And then we got to execute. But the problem is if our calendar, again, what I said in the beginning is if our calendar doesn't match, what we do doesn't match what we want. Are we going to feel productive? Yes or no? If what we do doesn't match what we want, are we going to feel productive? Nope. Yes or no? No, sir. Nope. Nope. No. Nope. Absolutely okay. not. So again, the key insight is if you want to live a highly productive life, Live a highly prioritized life by, by before you ever put something on a to-do list, before you ever put something in your calendar again, ask yourself, what is my annual goal? What is my quarterly goal? 
what are my monthly goals? What projects must occur and what tasks must occur in order for these goals to not be pipe dreams? Do I have everyone's clarity on how simple this is? Can I get an unmute and a yes? Yes, sir. Yes. 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 Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Okay. Very simple. Yeah. Now, here's, all right, here's what most people miss now. This is the prioritization step. It's the third step. Again, those of you who didn't subscribe to SMB Team's YouTube channel, do that, okay, because I'm posting a video on this along with a tutorial tool, right, for it a tool on the weekly planning tool. The third step most people miss, prioritize all the stuff you wrote out that needs to get done. That's right. Actually assign letters and numbers. I'll explain how to do it. This is so simple, guys. So simple. We already know this, by the way. So I don't mean to come off preachy. I'm just, I'm saying it in a way where hopefully you'll actually do it because most of us don't do this. Assign letters and numbers to all the stuff that needs to get done to advance your life at the highest possible level. All right, so A tasks, B tasks, and C tasks. A tasks should get, will get done this week. Can't believe I just used the word should. Shame on me. Will get done this week. Almost lost your spot on BWC, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's good. Woo. Okay, can't believe I said shit. A task will get done this week. B task should get done next week. We're pushing off B tasks. And then C tasks are deleted. Deleted or delegated. So A, B, and C letter assignments is this week, next week, deleted or delegated, right? Then within A, B, and C level tasks, right? We then have to determine one through 10 on the A levels, one through 10 on the B levels, and one through 10 on the C levels. You don't really have to do the C levels because they're lower priority. The I real important- them, Bill. What's that? I already deleted them, didn't I? Well, you delete or delegate them, right? So you delete or delegate, which, so let me go to A first. So the A priorities is the most important list. These are things that if you did them this week, you'd feel like a rock star. You'd feel like, and you know what's interesting about A tasks? They're usually the things you're most scared about. Like, I'll give you, I'll just get vulnerable for a second. I literally write out, my fears almost every day. I have this mindfulness energy journal that I do in my phone. Okay, fear. Um, uh, uh, not going broke from our upcoming relentless event with uh, Magic Johnson, Kevin O'Leary, and all these other crazy speakers that we have. That's a deep-seated fear. I, I have the fear that everything we've done in the past is trash, and I'm not. I'm, I'm going to freeze on stage, and everything's going to just, you know, not work. How do I solve that? I practice my pitch. I practice uh, getting enough, uh, you know, make sure we have enough registrants for the event so there's enough people at the event, right? So what are my projects to make sure that happens? Well, I brief my marketing team. Hey, what are we going to do to get to a thousand registrants for this event? What are we going to do to get over 600 people live at this event? What are we going to do to, boom, boom, team's like, all right, we got a solution, we got a solution, we got a solution, we got a solution. 
So now my fear went away, right? Another fear is, um, let's see, <laughs> this is funny, not being scheduled enough. Feel anxiety around that. When I enter the week and I feel like I didn't put in that good planning, that good brain time to plan out my week, I feel a little more anxious than if I enter the week with a clear plan with three to five major priorities booked in my calendar. Um, so I solved that this week through my Sunday weekly planning habit, which I'm bringing you through the steps on right now. Are we profitable? I had a quote. We just spent for about this, you know, we're spending like 500 grand on this event right now. Um, so my fear is, dude, we're like spending 500 grand on this big event. Uh, are we profitable or am I going to go broke? Right? So I scheduled a managerial finance review meeting, right? So I'm, I'm just giving you guys a quick example of how the things you're most scared about in your gut, schedule something to solve it. Don't tolerate walking through your week with this muddled low level of uncertainty. Solve it. Someone press the unmute and say, solve it. Take action. Solve it. Solve it. Solve it. Okay. Solve it. Solve it. Solve it. Nothing in the calendar, not solved. All right, so the third step is that prioritization process. So you have your one through 10 lists on the A's, they get done this week. Once we've finished the A list, here's the magic to do. You're gonna create calendar events in your calendar, create a color coding system. You're gonna take the top 10 stuff, maybe it's only eight, maybe it's six, right? All those A-list priorities, you're gonna pop them over into your calendar. You're gonna put count, calendar blocks for the eight or so things that must, that are those A-level priorities that you wrote out. Pop them into your calendar, just use them as placeholders, okay? You're, you're not committing to the time in which you're gonna do those tasks yet. You're just putting them in your calendar as placeholders. In the last step of this, then you're gonna organize them based on how you wanna DJ your week, okay? The B-level tasks, one through 10, okay? We're gonna just keep them in a Google Doc, we're gonna keep them somewhere else, but we're not putting them in our calendar for this week. We're also gonna see if we can delegate any of those B-level tasks right? And until all of those B-level tasks have either been delegated or pushed to next week, then we can move on to the C-level tasks, right? But all that really matters in this exercise is the A-level tasks. So, you know, forget everything I'm saying about B and C-level. Just if you can master the ability of identifying your top 10 A-level tasks each week, Go, writing out your goals, writing out the key projects that must get done to make those goals come true, identifying the tasks that must get done in order to make the projects come true, identifying what are the top 10 A priorities from that list of tasks that should, I should say, will get done this week, right? Putting them as calendar blocks into your calendar and then learning how to DJ your week, your entire life will transform in one year. You will... You can 10X your revenues, you can 3X your revenues and profits and take home income. You can transform your family, your relationship. I'm telling you, it, it is 
it is the secret is doing the highest value things every day. Now, what happens is once we have these A-list priorities as placeholders in our calendar, and we must get them done this week, we're gonna have to give stuff up. So we're gonna have to delegate stuff, which is step four of the process. Delegate 80% of all projects and tasks. Okay, now this is applied to A, B, and C. I know, crazy. Your attempt is to assign and communicate if you have a team. If you don't have a team, you can't do this. If you do have a team, delegate 80% of whatever's on that list. Now, and if you're like, what's that? And to add a team. You need, a, you need a team. Yeah, you need to have a team for sure. And I'll explain like the difference between, you know, you can outsource stuff too if you don't have a full-time team, right? But ask yourself, again, before we delegate these tasks to someone, keep asking yourself this question. Can we delete it? Can we automate it? Can we optimize this task? Does this task actually have to get done in the first place? If the answer is yes, Okay, the task does need to get done. Now we need to decide who we can delegate it to. There's a two-pronged equation when you are delegating a task to someone. Most people don't know. The skill and commitment balance, right? So when you're delegating a project to someone, you have to have an internal compass as to what is their level of skill. Someone unmute and say skill. Skill levels. Okay, that's the first prong. And then the second prong is what's their level of commitment? Someone unmute and say commitment. 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 Yeah, commitment. Okay. What is this person's level of skill and commitment for the task? On a scale of zero to two, on a scale of zero to two on each of these scales, zero to two in skill, zero to two in commitment, a four, so you add up the sum of each. A four, meaning a two on skill, a two on commitment. Everyone follow me on that? Why, why that would be a four? Am I making Let's sense? Go. Yeah. Okay, someone who would be a four on that scale is someone you could just give the goal to. Hey, here's the goal, go figure it out. Does everyone catch that? Got it, Bill. Okay, if there are four Absolutely. on that skill commitment level, I'll explain a little bit more about commitment and skill, defining them in a second. If there are three, they're gonna need a little less handholding. If there are two, right, we have a couple different scenarios. They could be a zero in commitment and a two in skill. They could be a zero in skill and a two in commitment. So it's gonna determine how you coach that person to get the task done. So let's talk about skill and commitment, okay? Skill is, <laughs> this is, a lot of people get it wrong. It's not natural abilities, okay? It's proven experience in getting the job done that you're given to them. Proven experience. They have proven experience doing the job, 
that you're giving to them, two. Right? And then commitment is their want to produce a positive outcome from this project. How bad did they want it? How bad did they want to prove you right? That when you give them this project, they're going to want to desperately prove you right. If they're low on commitment, you coach the person up through motivation, through getting clear on what they want and then aligning what they want with what the task at hand is. That's why incentive plans are really powerful. That's why bonus plans are really powerful. Okay, skill-based training, if someone's low on the skill category, we coach them differently, right? We coach them on the actual tactics. It's what they call shadowing, right? Right, so they shadow you for a certain period of time on how to do the task, right? And then once you're confident that they've picked it up, then you let them run with it. So we call it the 30-30-30 model. Okay, you spend 30 days training them. You spend 30 days audit and handhold. So by day 60, they should be fully trained. And then your last batch of 30 days is audit and hands-free. This is how you train someone in business or for any task for that matter. And if it's a shorter training cycle, it could be 15, 15, 15. It could be 15 days of training, 15 days of audit and handhold, and 15 days of audit and hands-free. Audit and hands-free is where you literally let them do the job with no intervention, hands-free. You audit their work, and by the end of that final 15 or 30-day window, you ask yourself, is this person the right fit for the role that I gave them? This can be used, this can be used for a role, for like when you hire someone as an employee onboarding plan, this be used for an individual task. Think like a parent relationship. This also can be do one hour, one hour, one hour. 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes. 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. 10 minutes training, 10 minutes audit and handhold, 10 minutes audit and hands-free. So it can be adjusted based on the complexity of the task. Okay, so your goal, again, is to delegate 80% of projects and tasks. So if you're someone like me, like when I do this exercise, I'm telling you to do no more than 10 tasks, but I'm usually a type of person where I create like 20 A-list priorities. And here's the thing, since I have a team of almost 50 people, 5-0, 50 people, I can have a list of 20 A-list priorities because I have the capacity to get 20 priorities done in a week with almost 50 people. So just be conscious of your resource constraints. The bigger your team, right, meaning whether that's freelancers, whether that's outsourcers, whether that's full-time employees, whatever it is, family, like certain things around the house that need to get delegated, right, the bigger your team, the more A-list priorities you can get done each week. Delegate 80%. If your to-do list is not shrinking as you grow in your business and your life, there's a problem. Ooh, am I hitting a sour place? Ooh, just got quiet. Cricket, cricket, cricket. 
everyone's like, you know, Jamie Dimon, the for, uh, the uh, CEO of uh, J.P. Morgan Chase. I was watching an interview with him over the weekend, and he said, you know, we, we hire some people out of school, and they always seem to be frantic. And we hire other people in school from school, and because and, they hire a ton of people fresh out of school with J.P. Morgan Chase. They have three trillion, with a T, three trillion dollars of assets under management at J.P. Morgan Chase. And uh, they hire all these people, uh, thousands of people out of school. And Jamie Dimon's able to see who are the types of people who always seem to be frantic. Okay, they hire people, oh my God, it's so hard here. I'm so busy. I can't believe how, how much work they're having us do. And then other people, same amount of work, same amount of training, right? They, they report having, man, I can't believe how much free time they give us. Same skills, same personality indexes because they do all the crazy personality typing when they hire for roles. Right? These are like you know multi-six-figure roles in the company, so there's extremely, extremely diligent hiring processes behind these roles that he's talking about. Some people, everything's the same, except some people choose. Someone unmute and say choose. 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 Some people choose to be frantic all the time. Choose. Right? Other people choose to be clear, calculated, and have free time. Or the perception of it. Right? So, uh, Jamie Dimon goes, I'm the CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase. Okay? He's like a top 20 CEO of our generation right now in terms of his influence and power. You know, in terms of, he's like top 20 on the world's most influential people list right now. The list with like Vladimir Putin on it and, you know, pre presidents, like, you know, he's up there. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm in charge of JP Morgan Chase. I'm not frantic. I'm not, I'm not busy. Interesting. But yet we create this apparatus in our head where we convince ourselves, oh my God, there's so much to do. It's just a belief system. That's why I believe inspiration is a habit. I believe overwhelm is a habit. I believe negative emotions are a habit. I believe positive emotions are a habit. Right? It's what do you want to create? Not what do you want to be trapped by, right? So, but that that is a little tangent, but the key is delegate 80% of projects and tasks. Okay? So, after you've delegated 80% of whatever's on your list by clear communication to others, not keeping it in your head. In your head, it's dead. This applies to those of you who have teams or don't have teams or are part of a team. Like, as soon as you open up to someone else about it, it becomes real. I mean, true or false? Like, am I just saying this or true or false? Like, true, what do you guys think? true, true. True. Possess what you profess. Mm, love that. Okay. Here's the key. Now, now, now that we've gone through, first, writing out our most important goals. Second, listing what projects and tasks must be done. Okay, number two. Number three, prioritizing those projects and tasks. 
Okay. Number four, delegating 80% of those projects and tasks. Now we're left with step five, which is what most people just skip to. Now we schedule the week. Now we schedule what we're going to do to make sure it aligns with what we what? We want, want what we do to align with want, what we what? Want. Want to be. Okay. So, on everyone calendar. on mute, say the word want. 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 What we do aligns with what we want, okay, through steps one through four. Now we just got to put it in the calendar. This is the easy part. Okay. I've identified these priorities, these priorities. Okay. Now, how do you delegate the projects? And I'll tell you this, you know, at the risk of not relating to everyone, I'll tell you how this works now with me and how it worked in the past with me as an entrepreneur. So how it works now is I don't actually do any work anymore for SMB team. I, I direct the work that we do. I energize, I create energy behind projects that are important for the company. CEO is chief energizing officer, right? But I don't actually do any of it. So I delegate 100% of what's on the list now. But my job is plan, brief, execute, debrief. This is from the Air Force, right? My, my job is to plan, brief the team on the plan, let the team execute on the plan, and then have very short debriefs with the team as to what worked, what didn't work, how are we going to change the plan going forward? I'm not good at planning. I'm good at briefing. I'm good at creating scribbled bullet points for a plan. That's why I have a COO who will create those bullet points into an actual strategic plan. Right? I'm great at briefing. I'm great at, okay, guys, here's the mission. Here's where we got to go with this project. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's what we, here's what's really important to our clients. Here's what we want to build. That's brief. So I stick to my sweet spot. Now in the beginning, I had to do all of these pieces, plan, brief, execute, and debrief with myself. I had to do all four steps myself. Right? As you expand your team, you find which one of those four you're best fit in. Most leaders are best fit in briefing. You're able to build energy behind other people so that they want to execute, even so they want to plan. Remember that scale of skill and commitment? Like the high, like the people who are threes and fours, they, they actually want to create the plan. You just tell them what to look at, where to be thinking, they create the plan. So what it looks like this week, I had, I had my top 10 priorities. I had calendar blocks, place placeholders in my calendar. I sent my calendar placeholders to my executive assistant and my executive and I said, Hey, Emmy, I want you to schedule out these 10 meetings with the relevant parties. And I put a list of names that needed to be in the meeting within each of those calendar placeholders. Right. And then she went and coordinated with everyone and voila, by the end of Monday, I had all of those 10 meetings booked for the entire week right? With meeting agendas included in each of the calendar invites, everyone who's involved in the meeting, what the ideal outcome of the meeting is, purpose, outcome, agenda, right? I'm, I'm learning this stuff, guys, from people way beyond me. 
Okay. Jamie Dimon, for example, who I was listening to this weekend, like I said, if someone comes into a meeting with him, this is the same thing that Tim Cook does, CEO of Apple. If you come into a meeting unprepared, you're asked to leave the meeting within five minutes. If there is no meeting agenda, if there is no clear agenda itemized list of everything that would be covered in the meeting, the meeting doesn't happen. If there's no clear outcome or decision made at the end of the meeting, the meeting wasn't successful. Now, there are strategy meetings and then there are execution meetings. 80% of your meetings should be execution meetings if you want to make a lot of money. How many of you want to make a lot of money? Me, 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 me. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> All right. You need to have more execution meetings then. Because strategy brainstorming meetings, hey, we don't have a shortage of strategy brainstorming on this planet. Everyone has the next big billion dollar idea. Oh, I got, what if we made shoes that fly? Wouldn't that be awesome? Let's have a strategy meeting about it. Right? We don't need more meetings like that. Okay? You already know what you need to do. We got we to gotta assign who's and deadlines to what needs to get done. What did I just say? Who's we got to assign deadline. what and what? Yeah, let's who's say it again. Let's say it out. Let's come on. Come on. Keep going. Say it. Deadline. Keep saying it. And deadline. Who's and deadline. Who's and deadline. Who's and deadline. Who's, and deadline. who's responsible? Who's and deadlines. What's the deadline? Who's responsible? What's the deadline? Who's responsible? What's the deadline? Who's responsible? What's the deadline? We want to get X done. Great. That sounds awesome. You're not getting it done though, because you're delegating 80% of what needs to get done. So who is getting it done? What is the deadline? The more of a visionary, the more of a visionary you are, the less stuff you should own. You should, and when I say own, I mean you are the who next to the task. You shouldn't be the who next to any task. When we set quarterly goals in my company, I'm never the owner of the goal. I refuse to be the owner of the goal. People own what they create. If Bill is the owner of the quarterly goal, immediately, boom, immediately, wipes energy from the team and their self-confidence. Every time as we've scaled our business, every single time I give someone an added responsibility and they're a core value fit, they're grateful. They're like, really? You're giving me, you're putting trust in me for this? And you wow. never time. Yeah, it's amazing. You're putting trust in me for this, Bill? Now, what do most people think, ooh, if I, if I ask someone to do something, they're gonna think, they're gonna feel a certain type of way. By you not asking them to do something, you're showing a lack of trust in them consciously and unconsciously. The more, pre okay, pressure is a privilege. If you put pressure on someone on your team, that's, that's a privilege. That is, that is a sign that you trust them. That's a sign you believe they can handle it. So the more pressure you put on your team, the more they'll step up if their core value fits. 
that's why a lot of businesses like we coach, you know, I have over 300 law firm clients now, like we, and I get reached out to all the time about this, but some, you know, how do you scale, how do you scale business of people who want to be in the business, who don't feel like more tasks is more work and blah, blah, blah. Well, you got to go through a culture overhaul. You got to fire half your, half your people. And I've seen this happen so many times now with people we've coached, people I'm in masterminds with, got to cut out all the bad apples, got to go through that pain in order to deserve a culture of high executors in every single role. If they're not a high executor, let them go. If you feel in your gut that you shouldn't be working with this person, you've already made up your mind. I have never had a gut feeling about someone that I needed to let go of that didn't end up true. So when you schedule out what you do, here's what I want to ask yourself. I want you to ask yourself, what is my future hourly rate? I'm telling you guys, this level of thinking, let's say answering client call, let's say doing X task that you've done for the last 10 years is a $10 an hour task or doing Y task is a $100 an hour task. But your goal is to become worth $20 million, $40 million, $100 million, billion dollars. Have you ever divided, have you ever divided what your net worth goal is by 365 days and then divide that by 24 hours in a day or by eight hours in a day or 10 hours a day, whatever. That is your true hourly rate. So every time you say yes to a task, to something in your calendar that's worth less than your future. That was my wife, Emily, trying to call my dog. That's funny. Maybe we'll, we'll let Emily close this out with her success tip of the day. She's saying no, waving her hands that she doesn't want to talk. Now she stopped walking with me because she doesn't want me to put her on the spot. What do you guys think? Should we, should we have Emily give us a success tip to close us out? Come on, Emily. Come on, Emily. We need you. Let your Emily go, go, go. <laughs> hey, they're asking for you. Hey, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, what are you going to not deliver? Come on. You're, you're a person of, of high ethics. When people ask, you deliver. All right, what would be your success tip to these couple hundred amazing superhumans? Success tip of the day is that the day is what you make it. I just had a thought that you have the opportunity to choose happiness. Whether the sky is bright blue, whether the sky is cloudy and it's about to rain, you decide and you dictate how your day is going to go. No external circumstance can make that for you. Only you can decide. All right, everyone on mute. Say, I decide. I decide. I decide. I decide. Man, she's got a way with words. Unbelievable. Grateful that she said yes to me. But now let's transition back to what you say yes to in your calendar. Does it relate to your future hourly rate? Okay. So this is one of the most powerful things to do. You can look at your calendar right now and ask yourself, does what's, in, does what's in my calendar match with the value of my future hourly rate? So I'll give you some examples in marketing. 
lowest value task in marketing, it, it, marketing and sales, is answering unsolicited calls. $10 an hour task. Right? Okay, being on a call with a highly qualified buyer, okay, that goes from $10 to $100 an hour task. Right? $1,000 an hour task is a high level negotiation, right? With a qualified buyer. A $10,000 an hour task is creating a sales script, creating a sales system, creating automated follow ups for every single lead that comes in. Does everyone see the shift going from answering a phone to building the system that will produce sales results? Can I get a yes if that yes, makes sir. sense? So if we discipline ourselves to run, not walk, run away from the things that are low value and force, force ourselves to embrace the things that are high value, you will make more money. This is how you get the money. This is how you get the progress. That's all I got, guys. I hope you found that valuable. I hope you implement this. Again, everyone, make sure you subscribe to SMB Team's YouTube channel because I'm about to post this video today on the weekly planning along with a tool to go with it. Um, that's all I got. Also, have a huge event coming up with Magic Johnson, Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank. Um, I have uh, Nick Santo, who was born with one arm, no legs, and he's going to be talking about no limbs, no limits at the event. Uh, we have... Someone who uh, was literally took Judge Judy's spot on mainstream TV. And she's going to talk to us about how she got on TV. It's going to be a crazy lineup. We have a nine-figure entrepreneur at this event. Um, it's going to be super, super powerful. A lot of the content we put out at these events are, um, are applicable to any type of business. Um, so highly suggest you guys invest in yourselves. The link is at the top, RelentlessLawyerBootCamp.com. That's all I got, guys. My name is Bill Hauser. My job my mission my mission is to help you cut time out of the equation and reach what you thought you could have reached in a decade in just a couple of days maybe a month that's all i got peace out thank you for joining us on breakfast with champions if you want to catch the live version you can follow us on clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m to 11 a.m eastern time monday through friday saturday 6 to noon and sundays with our 111 sunday service make sure you're keeping up with breakfast with champions and getting yourself a seat at the table